You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Welcome back. My name is Carter Melrose. This is the Two Amigos. And Jorge, right off the bat, welcome to the show. Hey, Carter. It's great to be here, man. It's, uh, I, I can just feel like our energy level just going down after every loss, which kind of sucks. <laughs> Not me, um, baby. But I did say that I did warn our listeners about what was going to happen in this show if we lost to the Colts. So this is your warning, guys. <laughs> if any kids are listening to yeah. the show, it's time to send them to bed, uh, you know, to school, whatever. Just don't let them listen to me. I'm going to start a rant. Because how could we fucking do <laughs> I knew you were going to swear. game? You I'm going to tell you why, all right? It was, you can't swear that much on, on our show. You I know that. fucking can after a lot to the O3 Colts. Okay. Um, it was our home game, all right? Mm-hmm. It was Don Shula's celebration of life. Yeah. All right? Uh-huh. We were playing in 100 degrees against a team that plays in the freaking dome. Yes. <laughs> that had, like, I don't know, five starters, like, out injured. And, like, another five starters playing injured. I watched the game, Jorge. Right? I know what happened. And we fucking <laughs> lost. I'll tell fucking you. game. But didn't we, we look good out there? Cold. Our jerseys. And we fucking look like trash. Okay. And it was an embarrassment for this franchise, the way that game was played. That's the end of my rant. That's all I'm going to say about the Colts game. But yeah, the jerseys look good, though. The jerseys look sexy. That's what you're missing. They look downright sexy. And you also... Know did, you know who didn't look sexy on those jerseys? Yeah. Miles Gaskin. Ah, he didn't play like one snap. Yes. He, he played play like snap. two snaps. I think he had two carries, like, I don't know, 12 snaps in total. So we can uh, we can now say that Miles Gaskin has been benched. I know. They played Malcolm Brown the whole game. Like, that's going to help our running game. Right? Was I this guess. Game? Yeah, right? Did he score? Game. No, we had two touchdowns, and one of them was Parker, and one of them was Gesicki, so he didn't score. He got yeah, wait, I'm, I'm so confused now about like when we play against what team. Yeah, he like, right. he played again. Like, he scored against the Raiders because for me this season it's just been great week one win and then just like a big plush of lost losing. So the name of my uh, fantasy football team with my friends back home is called Give Me Trade Me. Miles Gaskin. That's the name of my team. He's, he's a free agent now, isn't he? <laughs> Here's the funniest part. <laughs> I literally have been asking for him the last four weeks straight, and everyone says, no, he's about to go off. And then the minute he gets two friggin' carries in one game, yeah, they drop him. I pick him up. We're all good now. I got him. I got him. For freeze. I, I bet your fancy team is just rocking it, man. My team sucks, and I'm going to start him as my RB1. I don't care. He's one of my favorite players, but you but, know. And, and Fancy actually just traded uh, for McCaffrey this week, so I'm I'm happy. You you did you traded for yeah, McCaffrey? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't know how it, you right? do that. I, th- I think it's going to be a high risk, uh, you know, high reward. Oh, I get it. They traded you at a, a discount for the injury stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was like, I don't know how you get McCaffrey. He's the number one, the number one guy in all of. Fantasy, yeah, but, but, but so so th- so this is a funny league because we only, we have three wide receivers, flex and super flex. Mm-hmm. And then we only have three bench players. Right. <laughs> but you only yeah. get two ads per week. You only get two ads per week? Yeah. Oh, like you can only add two players. Yeah, you can only add two point. players per yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. So the amount of trades that go on in this league, yeah. and then like if you're missing like a tight end, like right before the game starts, and you find someone that has like um, an extra ad that they haven't used. Then you're like, so what's that ad going to cost me? Like, I want, I want this title <laughs> free agency. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's love of that going on. So it's, it's great. It's great. Some it's musical fun. chairs going on. Some strategic musical chairs. I should have said this right off the top, by the way. Uh, we have a guest coming on. I should have said that right away. Also, this is and we're not and we're not making a bet. But oh yeah, by the way, we're in dolphinstalk.com. Yeah. It's good that we said the brand after the cursing because otherwise, um, yeah, yeah, you know. they're unassociated um, with the rant. Yeah. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, we're not making any wagers this time, just because I think we're all predicting the Buccaneers to coming to the, you know, I mean, the Dolphins to go into Tampa Bay and just get outscored like by you know seventy-two points, which would be very ironic. I don't know. I might have a different opinion. I actually you, you might think have we're a beating the. Opinion. I actually came up with a pretty well-researched uh, uh, way of making me think the Dolphins might win, but I'll tell you that later. So that's the teaser at the beginning. Uh, right. The th- thing good. I will say, though, is our uh, uh, our guest, is his name is J.C. Allen, and he is from PewterReport.com, which is apparently a Bucks 
uh, website. I, I mean, not that I, I, it's probably a very good Bucks website for Bucks fans. I just don't know it because I'm not a Bucks fan. Uh, so there you go. He's coming on around halfway through the show. He'll talk the Bucks, of course. Uh, here's, a, here's another statement, a reason that the, the Colts game was a little bit better than we thought it was, okay? Here's a little positive that we got from it. Jakeem Grant is finally gone, okay? Yeah, he finally, is, yeah. It's the last straw. He hit the last straw finally, and then they had to kick him out of the bus. And that is a plus from the Colts game. There you go. Yeah, sure. They're <laughs> getting treated away. You, you have to know that we're has, desperate. We're desperate. Yeah, we're desperate point. for good news right now. Right. Um, the one piece of good news I think is that people have actually realized um, how bad we are without Tua. Right. I think we. Yeah. I, so think, I think people are going to start putting some respect into Tua's name. Right. Well, comparably, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Brissett is a piece of garbage. I do not like watching him play football at all. I think it's like it's one of those things where like football and it's hard. It's such a disconnect. Football is supposed to be something that you watch because you're entertained. Like it's an entertainment source. That's how, that's what football is supposed to be. And I absolutely, if Brissett was the quarterback for the rest of my life as the Dolphins quarterback, I just would stop watching football. I would wa- yeah. I would stop watching uh, the Dolphins football altogether. I yeah, just don't sure. enjoy it. Okay. Um, the other... Other than, yeah, Jakeem Grant's gone and Devontae Parker, therefore, is is probably weeping like a little baby. Uh, the other thing we have... <laughs> Dude, Devontae Parker's going to come on the show just to kick your ass. You got it. Which, which, by oh. the way, Devontae, that would be a very, very bad reason. And if you want to come, you know, kick Carter's ass, I will actually hold him down for you if you're coming on the show. <laughs> you got to admit that they had a Not... weird little relationship. Yeah. Probably was... making out in the locker rooms. I don't know what they're doing. What's... They were close. <laughs> All right. Little... This, this show is just about to get canceled. <laughs> So we're just going to avoid that conversation completely. But they were close and now he's gone. And there is something to say about you when you take the big personalities or the emotional guys out of the out of the room. Uh, what does that do for Devontae Parker's mental state? I don't know. What does it do for the wide receiving room? It could be detrimental. And also speaking of the wide receiver room, another headline we got is Will Fuller. He's on IR. How do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think about that, buddy? Look, I, th- I think I think Will has had a you know a very a very difficult season, and um, you know it's it's just one of those things where he you know he had a prove it deal, and the injuries have plagued him, and you know you have to be pissed off at, at Brissett because it was a terrible throw that Will was trying to dig out from the ground right when he got injured. So, uh, but you know that great depth that we had at wide receiver during the preseason that we talked about, starting to look a little thin now. It's and I'm, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking that Kirk Murray has to get the call up right for this right for this game. right. It would be disrespectful not to do it at this point. Yeah. I think. I mean, there's, there's no other guy you do. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Will Fuller stuff is. It, it, somebody put it in perspective on Twitter for me. So he's being paid ten million dollars, and he's played one game, and since he's about to miss three in a row for sure, that means half the season. He only played one game out of a half a season of football, and we're paying him $10 million to do it. Uh, and I honestly remember making an article. I'm such a genius, and a lot of people need to start remembering this stuff. Look at my articles a little bit more with a little bit uh, saying, wow, this guy's smart, because at the beginning of the season, I said, we have the most uh, injury-prone wide receiving room in the entire NFL, and it's just starting to show the cracks a little bit. I promise Devontae Parker's probably going to follow. I'm throwing a lot of shit yeah. at Devontae Parker, honestly. Yeah, you, you are, You are. by the way. You, you really are. And uh, look, I think Devontae is one of the bright spots right on this team right now, and um, I still think he's the number one receiver, but you have to be concerned about what's going on in that, in that offensive room, and you have to be careful not to let it, you know, just start becoming you know quicksand where one thing goes wrong and you try to fix it and something else goes wrong and you try to fix it and the offensive line's not working so you try to fix that right. and all of a sudden you don't have depth at wide receiver and all of a sudden your running backs get injured and and you know it's a it's a huge mess that i think we have to we have to be careful with. i agree i agree okay our last headline we have is uh, raekwon davis is back does that mean that we don't let up a 60 yard run this week does that mean? Yeah, I think I think I think Davis being back on the lineup is is just fantastic. You know, it's it's great to have that big guy back there, and I mean up front. And 
I really think Rekwon is going to be an all-pro sooner rather than later. And Christian Wilkins is also coming into his zone as a, as a pass rusher from the inside. So, so you really want to see what those guys can do together with a, with a healthy defensive line. Um, but I, I really think that the defense has to be a point of concern going forward just because they haven't done well in third down. Um, you know, the, the takeaway last week came in special teams. So, you know, that streak's kept alive by them. So, so that's, you know, one of the, of the concerning things. And I don't even understand why we let up those 60-yard bangers every single week. Because think about this. We paid Jerome Baker a ton of money to be that, that, uh, that speedster. We got Roberts who can, you know, can lay someone out. And he can obviously play a little bit of um, you know, run defense. And then we got Sealer Wilkins doing a lot of tackles for loss at times. And it's looking pretty good down there. But then for some reason, it's just... The, the, the holes are so gaping, just so insanely gaping. I, I don't I don't I honestly do not understand why we're so bad against the run. But Raekwon Davis could help us out. We shall see. Moving on to some debates that we have uh, for the show right before we move on to our our Buccaneers guest, J.C. Allen. This segment's going to be called Let's Punch Each Other's Lights Out. That's what it's called. And it's just a debate hour because that's what our show started off as two amigos, a little play on words as normally we disagree. Um, the first one we got is for this Sunday's game. Uh, would you rather have Jacoby Brissett or Daddy Sinnott? At I, home? I think, yeah, look, I, I think it's one of those things where the, the grass is not always greener and, and Sinnott, you know, as talented as he can be or not, doesn't have the experience right now. So I think Brissett is a safe choice. I do think that if he performs as bad as he did last week, you have to see a change in there somewhere, right? You have to be consistent with the message you've set if you're a coach Flores, and you have to be able to bench a guy that's not performing up to the standard that you're expecting. And I disagree. That's perfect. I think you put Senate in. And also, you know this at this point, Jorge, he is someone that grew up in Iowa, very close to a lot of my college friends. So I might be a little bit biased. This is like my little baby bird, and I want it, I want him to play. But the other thing is, I saw him in a preseason, and one thing about him, and throughout college as well, you, the one thing you can say about Reed Sinnott is he is not afraid to let it zip. I don't know if he's the best quarterback, but he has an arm. Uh, and I don't know if his accuracy is amazing, but he will let that ball zip. And like we saw in the preseason with Kirk Merritt, he has a back shoulder throw to that boy that, uh, that just kind of rattles your brain. So I would say this. I say you, you, you up, uh, update Kirk Merritt into the lineup somewhere because you got chemistry with that boy. You put Reed Sinnott in and you let him zip the ball down the field with no training wheels and uh, just kind of go for it. You know what I mean? I, the, the Buccaneers secondary, and this is a huge part of it, is 32nd in the league at stopping the pass. 32nd. And Brissett, you know, will just, even if he can see an open wide receiver downfield, he's still checking down. He's still going to check down on you. I'm thinking you put Reed Sinnott in. I think, I think we might see him in this game. I agree with you that we might see him in this game, but I think you have to start with Jacoby. Okay, sure. Uh, but that would mean he was playing so bad and we're down by so much that you have to put Reed Sinnott in. And I wouldn't want yep. that. Okay. <laughs> so you're on the same page there. Uh, okay. Well, the next, uh, the next debate we got for you is who at this point in the season is at the best spot going forward? Like, who are you most optimistic about in terms of franchises? Dolphins, Jets, oh. or Dolphins, Jets, or Patriots? Because we're all one in three, which is insane to me that the Jets are one in three. I think I think the the Dolphins with a with an asterisk right there. I think it's the Dolphins and then the Jets, just because I think the Jets have a very high ceiling going forward with Zach Wilson and that offensive line they built around him. Um, I think the Pats are not used to be to losing, and I think that's going to bring a toll to that locker room. And I think the Dolphins, if they manage to bring it together and, and Coach Flores manages to untangle what's going on with the offensive side of the ball, then the Dolphins could actually be a player going forward. But he, he, I think it's, it's one of those times where he has to admit that the experiment with the two OCs is just not working. They need to streamline the process, simplify it, and just try to operate an NFL offense right now. Uh, I, I, I guess I agree with you. I mean, when you, you look at the talent perspective, that's one thing that you can never really, uh, say is, I mean, for every NFL team, you can't say that the talent is there and then the, it's just coaching decisions. And it's just like that small stuff where like you, you jump off sides on a punt or something like that type of stuff can be fixed. Talent cannot be fixed. You need talent on the roster to win. 
And I would say maybe then that makes sense that the Dolphins are in the best position going forward. But you really don't know because you. I do like the Jets coaching staff. I love the the Patriots coaching staff, of course, every single year. Uh, so you 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 start to wonder. You know the the Jets in the last week, in the last one week, have beat a playoff team. Okay, and their young quarterback looked like he could sling it. And uh, we, ha- we haven't seen anything of the sort from Tua so far this season. And then again, he's only played in one game, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, and last season with, we with a system that really that wasn't stuff. working all that well. Right, right, right. I agree. And, I love Tua. And I, I think, you know, if you look at the average yards per catch from Jalen Waddle and the depth when Tua was in week one and the rest of the time, it's clear that Tua is more aggressive than Jacoby. And there's and there's a couple of frames last week where you can see two uh, wide receivers just running open that yeah. I'm pretty sure Tua would have hit, right? Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I, th- I think that's the thing. We, Tua also needs to, to prove that he can stay healthy, um, which is not a concern to me, but I know a lot of people are concerned about that. I don't know. I think it's, it's one of those things that after the Jacksonville game, I think I'd be more comfortable answering that question. Okay, that's that is a fair statement on it. Uh, I would say probably Dolphins are still in the best position, but we are all one and three, so it, it kind of puts it in perspective. And but, I think it's not it's not the record, right? I mean, we've been one and three before. It's just the way we've come about that record. Yeah. Whether it's you know getting you know shut out at home against the Bills in a game that we all expect it was going to be a hey the Dolphins are for real this time, then going to Las Vegas and yes, losing with your second string quarterback in overtime that was actually close. But I think last week was just deflating, right? I mean, it was embarrassing at all levels. Uh, Jacoby said was one of the worst performances I've seen from this franchise in a long time. And that's saying something, uh, the offense doesn't seem to have a rhythm or an intention. It's just frustrating when you, you know, you turned another game on and, and you see offensive, you know, offenses operating at a, at a high level with, with quick tempo and stuff like that. And it's really frustrating to see that our franchise just can't do that. And, once again, you know, I, I love Coach Flores, but I think that this decision to go with two offensive coordinators who aren't even that good, apparently, at being offensive coordinators over one experienced play caller could really cost him his job at the end of the year. Okay, well, then that segues us perfectly into the last debate, Jorge, and I'll let you start out on this one. We're one and three now. We're about to maybe be one and four. A lot of people banking on one and four at this point. Is it time to panic? Is the season over? Or are we done? No, I think, obviously, I think it's going to be hard to make the playoffs now. Um, I'll once again answer that question after the Jacksonville game. And look, I don't expect the Dolphins to beat the Bucs, but I do expect them to show improvement along the offensive side of the ball. If they're able to move the ball consistently, to go, get those first downs, to actually get more than two yards per play, um, then then I'll say no. But if if it's... Once again, just being, you know, almost looking like a junior varsity team against a varsity team out there. Then I do, I, I do think it is. Okay, and I, uh, I agree with you to the point that I don't think it is the season is over, and I also don't think it is time to panic quite yet. And this is my idea on this. I think, and I've said this, I've tweeted this a lot, I've said this around town a lot, I've been telling this to the mayor, uh, is that the Dolphins are not. They don't have their starting quarterback in. I mean, that is just blatant. I mean, when if any other quarterback in the entire NFL went out and the team went 0-2 or 0-3 because they were starting their backup quarterback, no one would ever bat an eye. No one would say, well, this team uh, should probably start to rebuild or something or fire their coaches. If let's say that happened to, um, I don't know, I have to do something comparable, nothing like Mahomes or, you know what I mean? But yeah, but if, if Herbert, you know, or, you know, right. Zach, Zach Wilson, you know, one of those guys, your backup is supposed to be worse. Yeah. And he's supposed to play almost to like uh, the level of keeping the ship afloat. And I'll tell you this right now, Brissette did that in the Raiders game. We almost won that and presumably should have won that game. And uh, we lost because it's our backup quarterback. He kept us afloat, though, and he got us in winning position. We just couldn't deliver. One thing, and uh, people could argue maybe it was the Will Fuller call, but whatever it is, I will say it's not time to panic. Your boy's about to get back. Our defense is about to play a team who can't run the ball at all, and that's our biggest weakness. 
Yeah. I think you uh, don't panic until you see a snap from our starting quarterback and he's playing like crap. Then you have to panic. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. Okay. Hey guys, so you know, um, Carter, you know, it's 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 great to always be here. I'm just having some technical issues and and don't want to slow down the the conversation with with the Bucks fans. So I'm just gonna step out, but I'll be back next week. And and I apologize. It's just really bad connection right now from here. Well, bye, Jorge. I love you so much. I love you too. By the way, Carter, you better start tweeting as well. Okay, I will. We have a conjoined Twitter account now for Two Amigos, and we shall be posting uh, a lot. Goodbye, Jorge. Okay, welcome to the portion of the show, Two Amigos, that I I warned you about at the top. We were going to have JC Allen on from pewterreport.com. And uh, just welcome to the show. Tell people about you. Plug yourself. Do all that fun stuff. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, Happy to be here. JC Allen. Uh, guys can follow me on Twitter at JC Allen, J-C-A-L-L-E-N-N-F-L. Uh, Peter Report as well. Follow us there, PeterReport.com. Check out our website. All sorts of articles this week uh, previewing this matchup podcast. We just did a podcast uh, today. If you're listening to this, uh, that would be a Thursday podcast that we did previewing this Dolphins-Bucks uh, matchup. But, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to get into this mat- uh, this this game because uh, – <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a there's a bunch of good storylines to go with it. Obviously, not as big as last week, but there's still some connections with Brady and a lot of these Dolphins uh, players. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's not very interesting for us, honestly. It's it's one of those games that almost everyone's assuming we're going to lose, and we're going to lose to Tom Brady again, and it just feels so bad. Uh, but um, it, it is great to have you on the show, and I I, I want to say this up front. All right, earlier. Tonight, we, we thought we were going to we were we were planning to do this show. We had a time zone issue. He thought <laughs> I was not even going to have him on that. I was pranking him. And I apologize for that. I wanted to tell you that live on our show. So you feel at home here. OK, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. I was like, wait a second. I'm sitting there 15, <laughs> 20 minutes go by. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, all right, now I'm being patient. But like, what's going on here? But like, did I just I'm like, did I just got punked? Did I just get punked right now? Yeah, like uh, I'd have a no. Bucks fan on my show. You know? okay. <laughs> good thing we cleared up that snafu because I'm excited to talk about this matchup. That's true. I was worried about that. Now we cleared the air. OK, well, uh, to start, JC, I guess I'm just going to go through some some cues. OK, I'm just going to go through okay. some cues. Uh, and you, since you're the Bucks expert, okay, the first one I got for you is how did it feel to watch Tom Brady go into Foxborough and basically lose he, on Sunday night? How'd that feel? You know, you knew that Belichick was going to have something up his sleeve and, and be prepared for him. Uh, not just him, but the, the defense as well. Extensive time practicing against Tom Brady, knowing his tendencies, knowing what he likes to do in certain situations with the ball. The rain started pouring down. Um you, the the thing about this Bucks team, and it's been throughout the entire season so far, is not so much as other teams beating them. It's more them beating themselves. They're second in the league in penalties, second in the league in penalty yards. They're one of the top teams in drop passes. So you know, you get a little more uh, you know discipline. I mean, seven false starts is unacceptable by any team, especially yeah. through only four games. So. Uh, two of those games on the road, obviously it's a different atmosphere than last year. You didn't play road games with fans. And when you did, it was only 25 to 30% capacity. So that's kind of new and they're learning how to, you know, operate as an offense like that as well. Um, but you know, he didn't lose. He still came out in the end. Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. And what he did was he led them on a game winning drive, the 50th of his career. And it's just something that, you know, if you give Tom Brady enough time, He's he's he could create magic, and you saw that. Uh, the the, the head scratching question was on fourth and three. Why didn't Belichick go for it to set his kicker up a little bit better? And I know he was making sixty yarders in the rain prior to, but uh, still, you know, I think that's 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 a bigger storyline to me. Yeah, not to create a hostile environment for you, JC, but I, <laughs> I, I have to say they basically lost. This was this was a this was a game they they game planned so so well, and then they had the game winning kick all set up, and it just you know it just doesn't go through. And that's honestly you can't say oh well Tom Brady had a game winning drive. No, he got kind of let off the hook a little bit. It, it, it reminds me of when. Um, Russell Wilson throws a pick on the one yard line instead of handing off the ball. He just got a little bit of help from the football gods. Uh, but obviously, well, two obviously. drops by Antonio Brown in the end zone, too. I mean, those are yeah. those, 
that would have sealed the deal. And then even on Mac Jones march down the field, if you'll call it that, you know, there was helped out by a couple questionable calls there, pass interference. And, uh, you know, so football gods work in mysterious ways. And I think they <laughs> help both teams there, but only one team came out victorious and that was the Bucks. That's a good point. It's a good point. I just got a rib. Yeah, you know that. And uh, okay. Well then here's my next question then JC, uh, as it stands today, is this a better or worse team than the 2020 Super Bowl champs? Uh, if you're talking about the team that played in the Super Bowl, I would say they're worse um, just because there's multiple things going on. Uh, last year, they, you know, penalties really killed them until week five, that Bears game. When they turn it around, I'm looking for uh, them to do the same thing this week against the Miami Dolphins team, kind of turn those, eliminate those mental mistakes, those errors. I think that the the linebackers specifically Devin White was doing a little bit better job in coverage it seems like he's regressed a little bit and I think Miami you know if they're going to attack somewhere on the defense that's the guy to attack with Gusecki and Gaskin obviously the injuries at cornerback are huge for this team Carlton Davis just going on IR today Sean Murphy Bunting still on IR limited in practices at Jamel Dean they just brought in Richard Sherman who was on the street two a, a week and a half ago got three three days of practice before throwing being thrown in there playing 58 snaps snaps. Pierre Desir, another guy who was on the street that they brought in, was on the practice squad for a few weeks before they elevated him. Rashad Robinson, another guy who was on the street that they brought in on the practice squad. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you look at the personnel differences. They're not running the balls effectively, although they did get the ball uh, going uh, last week against the Patriots. Defensively, though, there's some points where they're just they picked up right where they left off. I think you look at the rush defense first in the league, held New England to negative one rushing yards, a record set by the Bucks defense. The previous record that was uh, set against Miami Dolphins with two rushing yards. Um, they also offensively, I think they're still coming out, uh, you know, passing the ball with, with a great efficiency. I think drops have been an issue. You look at Tom Brady, he's tied for third in the league with 10 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and, and second in the league with passing yards. He's on pace for 5,500 5, passing yards, 42 touchdowns, which would break the record that he holds from last year. So um, those are two areas I think they're doing well in. And I think if you really look at two pass defense, they're ranked 32nd in the league, but teams aren't running against them. I mean, the Pats only ran eight times. So obviously they're going to, they're facing more pass attempts and almost than I mean, than anybody in the league by a wide margin. Uh, but if you look at the yards per attempt, they're right in the middle of the pack there with yards per attempt. So it kind of, it's a different story there. Uh, the problem that, with that is uh, they're 31st in yards after catch uh, tackling. So tackling has mm. been an issue as well. So to, to sum up your question, I think they're a little bit worse, but do I think they can get there? Do I think they're still in, in the conversation for a Super Bowl? Absolutely. It's just coming over mental mistakes, penalties, drop balls and, uh, you know, just being able to be a little bit more balanced on offense sometimes. I think it's absolutely wild, honestly, JC, that uh, this team, I remember this team with Jameis Winston, okay, just a couple years ago, okay, and he threw about 10,000 picks in one season, all right? I remember that. I remember that and thinking, wow, this team's really far away from a Super Bowl, right? Really far. And then Jameis leaves and then, Tom Brady comes and then you start building a super team and you start uh, picking up players uh, that we thought were washed out. Maybe they're not, I guess. You know what I mean? And obviously they're not because they won a Super Bowl together. It's, it's wild. You know, being a part of this, this transformation, what was that like, I guess? You know, I didn't cover the team during the Jameis years. I only started covering the team when Brady was here. But, you know, I was still in the Tampa area. I moved here, you know, the year before Brady came down here. So I still saw it. And, you know, Jameis, he had, you know, 30 interceptions, five fumbles. He yeah. would have had way more than that, if you know, if uh, defenders didn't drop passes. And so seeing what transpired there, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it goes on the players who are already here. You look at what Jason Light done, has done through drafting, through trades, through free agent signings. Nadanka Sue is here. JPP was traded here. You look at Shaq was brought in as a free agent. Um, you know, when nobody really wanted him. You look at the draft picks that were already here. The entire secondary, Levante David, Vita Vea. Uh, you look at the offensive line was ever, was all built besides Tristan Wirfs, who came in last year as a rookie with Tom Brady. Same thing with Anton Winfield. The wide receiving core was already here. Uh, the tight ends, other than Gronk, was so there was a lot already here for them to work with. Tom Brady just brings a different level of um, 
just aura, a different level of right. respect, a different level of command and culture. And that's what really happened is Bruce started the culture change. Brady put the nail in the coffin in the culture change and said, hey, we're not going to be a losing team. We're not going to be a laughing stock. We're not going to be the worst franchise in the history of of all sports, you know, uh, percentage wise. And, you know, th- that's how they really started turning it around. You know, brought in guys like Gronk. You bring in guys like Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, guys who were kind of cast aside or retired mm-hmm. or second chances. And, you know, that culture that was built in the locker room has, has turned the entire team around. But, you know, obviously it's easy to say Tom Brady came in and they won a Super Bowl because of Tom Brady. But, you know, the, the pieces were there. They just needed a competent quarterback to be able to come in and, and really execute the way that Tom can. I guess that's, I guess that's fair. Honestly, they did have, um, you know, Mike Evans at the time and they, they had weapons, I guess they also had, uh, why am I spacing the other wide receiver? Your big wide receiver. Chris Godwin. Yeah. Godwin. And see, I mean, those two names right there are just like makes you have theoretically the best wide receiver core in the NFL. So I, I guess I get that. Okay. But here's the, here we go, JC. I, here's time for the gravy. All right. Uh, how do you beat the Bucks if you're the Dolphins this Sunday? Because this is a Dolphins show after all. How do you beat them? Because, you know, the Rams did it and the Pats basically did it. How do you beat them? Oh, I think it starts with, uh, obviously, uh, Jacoby Brissett's got to be a little bit better than what he's been. (laughs) Okay, he won't. So Understatement of the year. But I think exactly what I just mentioned, you know, you you got guys like Gusecki and guys like Gaskins. I think you try to get them match up. You you continue the dink and dunk game because they're going to give up those underneath stuff. You try to get those matchups on Devin White. Uh, you know, you, you've got playmakers who can break some tackles. You need them to really step up. It's got to be a flawless game, you know, and really that starts up front with, with the offensive line. Who's been pretty atrocious. Not going to lie. I mean, last Ooh. week, everyone gave up a pressure. Austin Jackson gave up two sacks. It, it, it hasn't been really pretty for this, uh, Miami offensive line, but they're going to need to give Jacoby Brissett some time and, and really kind of depends too on uh, personnel for the Bucks. If Jamel Dean doesn't play, you're trotting out there Richard Sermon and Pierre Desir as your starting cornerbacks. You got to find a way to get Jalen Waddle the ball and you got to try to find him, you know, get him down the field sometimes and, and give him some, some room to create some yak because Jalen Waddle right now is 200 yards in the season. 111 of those are yards you have to catch. As mm-hmm. I mentioned previously, Patriots are 31st in the league for yard, allowing yards after the catch. So that's one way you can, you know, you can try to beat them. Got to play mistake-free football. You got to turn the ball over, you know, you know, create turnovers on the ball. The Miami's ranked 13th in the league right now uh, in the turnover margin. Um, one thing that, that does make me a little cautious about this Dolphins team is, man, they know how to punch out balls. You know, mm-hmm. they know how to get to turn, get those forced fumbles. They, they have a Ronald lead. Jones likes to fumble. Yes, they have a league leading <laughs> six force fumbles or covered four of them. Yeah. So uh, you got you got to make sure you're getting turnovers. And, uh, you know, I think this game will start off a little bit slow for this Bucks team. I think, you know, with the guys I mentioned that played against Brady at every single level on that defense, you're talking Adam Butler on the defensive line. You're talking to Landon Roberts, my guy in the linebacking core, and then Jason McCourty, Eric Rowe, Justin Coleman. These guys all have time against Brady. And, of course, the head coach himself, you know, the defensive guy, Brian Flores, I think they can stymie Brady a little bit in that first quarter until Brady can make some adjustments and figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. And then I think the game kind of opens up. But I would not be surprised to see this 10-7, 13-7, 14-7 at at the end of the first quarter or maybe even mid-second quarter before Tom and the Bucks really start to, okay, let's turn this thing up and, and let's go. Okay. Okay. And and not to scare you, JC, but I I feel as if you got that right on the money. Waddle is just salivating at the idea of breaking one. He is so close every single week. He'll break like a a tackle and a half and he breaks that second one. It's gone. He's just absolutely gone. I I don't know how fast he is, but the, the thing is we only throw it to him about three yards off the line of scrimmage. So that's the one thing I'd say it's really hard to break it when the yeah, entire Dolphin, defense is looking at you. Yeah, the Dolphins are averaging four yards uh, a play, you know, and that's yep. dead last in, in the NFL right now. Definitely something that's, you know, not going to work uh, without yards after the catch. And, and luckily, you know, for, for them, this this Bucks team has had some, you know, lap, lapses in, in concentration when it comes to tackling. Another thing, too, is, you know, when I mentioned that defensive, uh, the offensive line for, for the uh, Miami Dolphins there, you know, the tied 23rd, 
Uh, uh, they're 29th in the league with sacks allowed, 13 sacks allowed. Uh So you got to know that front seven is salivating. But the thing about that, too, is, you know, you can't play undisciplined against Jacoby Brissett because, while he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. He's still Mm -hmm. ran for nine first downs so far this season. So you're going to have to if if you're going to send the the pressure. And like I said, you know, Todd Bowles loves to send pressure, has the most pressure, 81 percent of pressure in, in the league right now. Dolphins tied for second with 56. So they like to bring the pressure too but you know you have to make sure you're doing it a smart way because if you let Jacoby break one out you, you can't have him sustaining drives with his legs it's just something that you can't have because uh they're gonna have really little success running the ball I think on this Bucks defense so you just gotta make sure you're prepared when you're rushing I didn't even know that stat honestly uh the nine first down saying that's a pretty good stat uh, if you see him run these first downs though you're just like wow he is a chubster and he is he is heavy on his feet he runs a lot like how like Aaron Rodgers gets first downs a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? Like Aaron Rodgers uh, slicks out of the pocket sometimes to get first downs. Uh, Brissett just seems like he just doesn't want to throw the ball ever. He, you know, he, he would rather like if somebody said in his ear, you're about to take a deep shot. I, I think he's going to throw it either out of bounds or he's going to run <laughs> with it because he does well, which, not want to throw the ball. Which person is in his ear? Which coordinator is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> who's it, calling the plays down there? It could be the punting coach, the special teams coach for all I know, because it's literally all of them going, hey, do this play. I, I don't know. Um, it's a secret. It's a secret down there. Who's calling the plays? And they're all dumb. It seems. It seems <laughs> like every single one of them is dumb. Okay, but my la my one of my last questions for you is I have a two parter here. Okay, so the first one is yeah. I have Fournette on my fantasy team. Okay, and it seems as if he is not good this season, and it also seems like he's kind of the lead back. But they always say Ronald Jones is the lead back. I'm very confused about the whole situation, honestly. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, trading him, dropping him. I mean, who's this lead back? And (laughs) I guess that's my cue. You know what I mean? Your guess is as good as ours, man. Uh, You know, Ronald Jones, fresh after a five carry 11 yard performance. Bruce Aaron said, I thought Rojo ran really, really well. (laughs) You know, and then again, this week, he said, I thought Rojo looked good on some few plays. But if you look at it. You know, Leonard Fournette played 64% of the uh, 64 snaps, 82% of the offense. Ronald Jones played 13 snaps, 17% of the offense. So I think the clear guy here is going to be Leonard Fournette. There's no doubt in my mind that Rojo's a better rush, a better runner, pure runner, but he's Mm -hmm. just, he's, he's, he's whiffed on some blocks. He's made some, he's just not an all around back. He's, and not to say that Leonard Fournette necessarily is. Obviously, right. you know, he's a few years removed from that 70 something yard receiving. Uh, it looked like he, you know, he kind of fell off last year, but he's been doing an, an all right job catching the ball this year. But, you know, I just I think Ronald Jones predictability and his unreliability and his his mental psyche, him getting you know in his head and and struggling. I think Fournette is a guy. Do I expect them to go rush heavy? No, this is the pass first team. You know, they're going to they're going to try to keep it balanced. You got to you got a 44 year old quarterback can't have him throwing. 50, 60 times a game every game, but at the same time, you know, Fournette is a guy, and you saw him, you know, end up with 91 rushing yards, uh, I think seven catches for 43 yards, somewhere around that stat line, but, um, you know, he's a guy that needs to be fed to get going, and he's one of those, you know, I, I you just can't put him in there, and he's going to just have success off the bat. He's a guy who needs to get warmed up, get going, and that's what you have to do, and how often they do that is going to be a question. I think this week, they'll try to get the running game going, for sure, because the Dolphins' running game right now is, is you know, 27th in the league, lending up 136 yards per game, and, you know, if the Bucks, I think they want to be a little bit more balanced. If you can get 80, 90 rushing yards, 100 rushing yards a game as a team, I think they'll be happy with that, but they're always going to be a pass first team. So, you know, as far as advice fantasy wise, man, I was so caught up with training camp and preseason everything this year that I didn't, I'm I'm a huge fantasy guy. There's not a year that I haven't been in the championship. I didn't do any real prep this year and I stayed away from the Bucks running backfield. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I think I don't I, I mean, if you can trade him and get something for value, I would. But, you know, running backs are just so scarce. So, you know, that's why people load mm-hmm. up on them. There's still wide receivers on the waiver wire, especially if it's a PPR league that you can pick up and have, you know, a 9, 10, 12 point game out of running backs is just so much. It's, it's such a difficult, difficult position. I would hold on to him if I were you. That's my professional advice. OK, thanks for the professional advice. He's he's put up a lot of stinkers lately, but. Yeah. I will. I, I wouldn't start it. him if you if you if you can help it. Well, Wait till I, he has, yeah. if he strings like 
two or three good games together before the trade deadline unload. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like my RB four, honestly. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, but uh, my final cue for you before we move on to predictions for this, this game is uh, who is the big play guy to look out for? Because honestly, it seems like they all can make big plays. You know, I mean, they're all pretty decent, uh, very good wide receivers, but like, who's your big play guy? Who's the guy you, you think, okay, we have to put Xavier Howard on, you know what I mean? Like, who's that guy? Well, I think you're going to see him at Jones and Howard line up probably on Godwin and, and Mike Evans and whether they're, they're trans, you know, they're switching up or they're, they're staying on one side and, you know, one staying on Godwin, one staying on, on, um, on Evans, you know, uh, it's also, who's the better slot guy too, right? Cause you know, Godwin's going to play out of the slot primarily, but I think, you know, you're going to try to eliminate those guys. You know, Belichick likes to take away players. And last week he took away Godwin for the extent. I think, you know, flow is kind of in the same mindset. Let's take away, you know, their best weapon, which is probably Godwin at this point and put the other, you know, you've got definitely a better cornerback group than the Patriots had. So you can put, you know, the other guy on Evans and it's going to come down to AB. I think AB is going to be the guy that's going to beat you. Um, you know, I would say Gronk would have a good, a really good chance at having a good game, but I don't think he's going to play uh, how much they use OJ Howard and Cam Brait, you know, will be remain to be seen. But I think if you're looking for a big guy play on offense, it's going to be Antonio Brown. You're going to have, you know, who knows the litany of guys. I mean, just, is it going to be Justin Coleman? Is it going to be Eric Rowe? Is it going to be McCordy? Is it going to be, which guys are going to be that's lined up on in the slot? And they have a litany of options back there. They, they're playing multiple corners on the field, multiple safeties on the field at certain times. So, you know, I think AB is going to be the guy to be able to feast out of that the most. Um, I would expect if Geo plays, I think Geo can do pretty well out of the backfield as well. Uh, so those are my guys on offense. On defense, I, I think Joe Tryon Shoink is going to show that, you know, he's he's a better pass rusher in this draft, better than Jalen Phillips, who was the first pass rusher overall. Um, I, I think that he's going to prove that. And he'll probably end up with another sack. And obviously, Vita Vea is just, you know, I think he, I think he makes it five for five, five weeks. He takes the uh, center on the, he's going to take, uh, what is it, Ritter? You guys have Austin Ryder? Uh, he's going to take him for a ride back to uh, the yeah. at least probably. once this, this, this game for sure. So he's a big boy. He's a big boy. Oh, yeah. uh, Fast I, too. Yes, I know. He's, a, he's, he's an absolute freak. Uh, uh, okay, well, that's that's probably fair. Uh, it, it's hard to say who's the the one big play guy, and you, you're thinking Antonio Brown's probably that X factor a little bit. Okay, but let's in move this on. game, yeah, in this game, you probably think so. Okay, normally well, it'd be Godwin, probably, you know, but I think they'll find a way to take Godwin away, just like Bill did. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, Flo has that tendency; he tries to take some away and and give up yards to the other guys. Let them beat you. Okay, but yeah. this is my final cue on this two amigos episode. Even though Jorge is is gone with his bad reception. He's left me in the dust. But my last question for you is make a, make a score prediction. Tell us who's going to win. Tell us why they're going to win. And uh, I think I know what you're going to say, but go for it. <laughs> well, most people know what everyone's going to say for this week. Uh, some people are saying this could be a trap game. I don't think it's a trap game. I think it's quite the opposite. I think this is the game the Bucks get right back on track. I think, if anything, next week is a trap game. Short rest against Eagles. I think, this, like I said, this defense has played kind of down to their competition. I think this defense is much better than what they've played and what they've shown so far this year. The, the problem is it's the offense, right? I just don't think the offense is going to be able to do anything against this defense, even with cornerbacks, even if Jamel Dean doesn't play, I just still think they'll have enough on this defensive side of the ball to limit the offense. Um, and and the, the worst part about the Dolphins offense right now, not being able to get anything going is that it's keeping the defense on the field. The defense, I feel like it's going to be gassed by the third quarter, just because they're going to be on the field so much. And uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's going to start off slow. Like I said, I think Flo's going to have a good plan to kind of slow Brady down, you know, could be, like I said, 10, 10 or 14 or 13, 7 or, or 6 or whatever. And it's going into the uh, the second quarter, maybe partly into the second quarter. But I think the Bucks turn around. I think they eliminate the mental mistakes. I think they, they don't turn the ball over. Um, I, I, they, they get rid of the penalties, get rid of the drops. And I think they, they really take off in this game. Uh, towards that, you know, right before halftime into the third and fourth quarter. I got the Bucks winning 34-17 right now. I think they, the... 34-17. Yeah, I think I think mm. the Dolphins can still get points on the board. They're, they're, like I said, I am cautiously, you know, 
with those force fumbles, maybe they get a short field and they turn one of those into that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think 34-17 and Reed Smith makes his debut in the fourth quarter once it's out of hand. Okay. Well, um, I expected that out of you, of course. And I probably, if Jorge was on the show, he'd probably agree with you. But today I have some, you know, death wish. I have a death wish uh, because I'm, I'm about to make a case for the Dolphins winning. And I'm just going to do it because I don't know. I feel this. I, I feel this in the bones and I, I can make an argument for it. Obviously, it would probably be fair not to put your money on the Dolphins. Not even on the spread, honestly. If it's this, the spread is probably seven and a half, something like that. I wouldn't even put your money on that. But I'm going to make my case. My case here is if you can't run the ball on this team and, and uh, Byron Jones isn't out for this game, which he is shaky right now. This is probably a questionable call if he's even going to play. If he plays and the Bucks can't run on this team, which they haven't proven they can run on any team, uh, which I think they are 30th in the league in rushing yards, which is behind us, and we know we can't run. We run, we're run. we 28th in the league. Uh, so if they can't run the ball on us, which is our total weakness, uh, the reason we have lost the games that we have lost, one, uh, Tua's out. Tua would have beat the Raiders easy. Tua would have beat the Colts easy. Uh, that's how bad Jacoby's played, honestly. Uh, but... The thing is, the reason we've lost these games is because this defense, which is normally uh, creating turnovers and giving us really short fields, has been run all over by everybody and his mother. Okay, everybody runs on us. But the thing is, if you guys can't run the ball and you're 30th in the league and Fournette and Jones are fumbling the ball, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be tough to throw on us. I, I really do think it's going to be tough because we got corners if Byron Joe's plays to match up with every single player on the team. I think I, I think that, uh, you know, you know, Mike Evans and company are definitely going to win some because they're superstars. Right. But I think X wins some, too. Last time X played Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure he had two picks on him. Right. So. This is something you got to look at. So if they're not running the ball, that's the first clause of my point. The second clause of my point is that when your back when your back is against the wall, and I think Flo is a really good coach. He is a defensive mastermind. If he can keep this a low scoring game, we can score a couple points. Uh, Brissett has proven he can score seventeen. And uh, honestly, the Bucks in the last two weeks. They're averaging 21 a game. That's not very good. And, uh, and not really a lot of points against... Uh, there weren't even very good defenses, or at least defenses comparably to the Dolphins, I, th that I think they can play if they played to last year's level. Uh, and the second thing is, we've averaged in the last two weeks 22 and a half. So I'm not saying it's, it's going to happen, but this is my case I'm making for the Dolphins winning. And my score prediction would be if we won... It would be a very sloppy 17 to 14, 21 17 game. And that's what I got. That's what I got. What do you think, JC? Uh, you know, I mean, hey, everyone can dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think you put out some definitely some good, uh, you know, some good points and some good cases there. Uh, I definitely think that the Bucks are going to try to keep the run going. Um, you know, I just think, you know, if Byron Jones does play, because I believe he was limited in practice today or did not participate. And right. yesterday, Xavier and Howard, it was vice versa. You know, both of them look like they might be dealing with injuries. So maybe not even be 100% when they go in this game. Um, and then you look at Antonio Brown. I just don't think the third cornerback on your team, whether whoever it is, is as good as Antonio Brown. I think they'll be able to find some ways to get him open and get him involved. Then you got Tyler Johnson. Same thing with Giovanni Bernard. I think Cam Brayton. So I just think while you do have cornerbacks and pieces to match up with the top guys after that, I mean, AB is the number two wide receiver on most teams. He's certainly a number two wide receiver, probably on the Miami Dolphins right now. Um, you know, you, yep. I, I, I just think that there is too many weapons and Tom Brady is too good. I mean, at 35 career regular season games, he's got 23 wins in Miami, 67 touchdowns, over 8,000 passing yards, 92.8 passer rating. Now, a lot of those games, too, that he did lose were in Miami and Tom struggled down Florida with that weather. Well, now 
it's, we're talking about Florida Tom now. You know, Tom's yeah. used to this weather. Tom lives in this weather. So it's not as much as a, a hindrance for him, I believe. Plus, they'll be back at home after two weeks on the road. Um, and I, I just I don't see them losing this game. I really think they, they correct the penalties and have find a more balanced offense against this Miami team who, as you said, is 27th in the league in rush defense. And I will say 99.9% of the world agree was, agrees with you, or the nation <laughs> agrees with you, that the Dolphins are going to lose this game, and pretty handily. But hey, I, hope I, makes I, the world go round, right? Right. I'll be that 0.1% for my Dolphins fans. All right? I will because, say this, though. I don't know. Um, I will say this. One thing that does worry me is Richard Sherman. Um, not just because, uh, you know, if Jamel Dean is out but and his lack of speed, but his lack of conditioning. You know, I, I think going up north last week and playing all those snaps after, you know, only three days practicing uh, is one thing where it was 58 degrees and raining. Well, it's not going to be that, you know, you're in. You're in tech. Uh, you're in Texas right now, right? You're in the. Well, you're in Central Time, wherever you are. You are. You know, it, it's hot still down here in Florida. It's humid. It's hot, and it's going to be another hot day on on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, does he cramp up? Is how's his conditioning to go uh, to wire to wire in a game? And if he's got to come out for any point, that's where I think you got to have make sure Jacoby attacks whoever that next guy is d delaney ross cockrell rashad robinson whoever the guy is so that that does worry me a bit and uh yeah for the okay that, that could be good i mean honestly richard sherman uh doesn't scare me on the football field but he scares me off the football field a little bit <laughs> i'll be honest there with the, you're not an in-law you're good yeah that's true he scares me a little bit off the field but the, the thing i will say yeah is a couple guys to keep on your mind here and also side note uh, Tony Romo's calling this game, and it's like the game of the week. I have no idea why. Uh, this is not the game of the week. This is going to be if if we win, this is going to be ugly. And if you guys win, it's going to be ugly on the other side. So uh, I don't know why anyone would want to watch this game. Uh, but okay, sure, we take we will take that. The 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 few the few uh, people I would keep in your mind a little bit is yeah, like you said, Jalen Waddle. That's that yak guy that we have that. We're definitely going to force him the ball. He's, he's just going to force him the ball Have all to. game long. And I'll tell you right now, X is going to get a, he's going to get one. I think he's going to get one. He is just Tom Brady. He, he eats Tom Brady's lunch like all the time. <laughs> I think he has five picks against uh, Tom Brady in three games against him. I, I think it's something like that. So it, it might be a little bit less, but he definitely has his lunch. So that's the, the two players I'll keep in your mind, offensive, defensive wise. And like I said, I'm calling it 21-17 Dolphins. Why not? I'll be that 0.1%. Hey, you know, uh, that's a, the great thing about football, right? Any given Sunday. So right. uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, I guess it's America's game. Everyone will be tuning in and uh, we'll see if that, that prediction of yours comes to fruition. Okay. Thank you so much, JC from Pewter Report for joining the show. Say something on the way out. Say you like uh, your stuff again. You know what I mean? So people can find you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure thing. You guys can find me on Twitter at JC Allen NFL, JC A-L-L-E-N NFL. Uh, follow us at Pewter Report. Check out our content at pewterreport.com. We got podcasts on YouTube, Pewter Report TV. Just broke down this, this Dolphins Bucks matchup. Uh, we got great content ahead of the game. And like I always say, whenever I do one of these podcasts, doesn't matter if you're a Bucks fan or not. Uh, if you're a football fan, you know, I one of the things I love doing is learning more about other teams and getting myself more knowledgeable about players, system coaches, and just teams in general. So uh, it's a lot of fun being able to study opponents week in and week out and learn more about football, more about their teams. So I definitely check out what we got cooking over here at PeterReport.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, JC. This has been the two amigos minus Jorge for the last portion of the show, but he was on the first portion of the, and I'm just going to keep bringing it up because he abandoned me, but this no is uh, Jorge's today. Yes. Thank you. And it's, this has been dolphinstock.com, uh, you know, podcasting network. I will see you next week.